Welcome to the 180 Podcast. You are listening to a teaching of the 180, a new church committed to learning to love Jesus and love like Jesus. Our prayer is that God would use this teaching to help you grow closer to Him and that you would feel moved to join us in person, where you can grow in community with the larger 180 family. Bienvenue à la balado-diffusion de l'Église 180. Vous écoutez un enseignement de l'Église 180, une nouvelle Église qui s'est engagée à apprendre à aimer Jésus et à aimer comme Jésus. Notre prière est que Dieu utilisera cet enseignement afin de vous aider à vous rapprocher de Lui et que cela vous donne envie de vous joindre à nous en personne où vous pourrez vous épanouir au sein de la communauté qu'est la grande famille de l'Église 180. Good morning. How's everyone doing? Doing okay? Getting through the, uh, the cloudy weather. I know it's uh, t starting to take a toll after winter, but we're getting there. It's almost summer. It's coming. Uh, really good to be with you this morning. And um, if we haven't had a chance to meet, my name is Michael, one of the leaders, one of the pastors here. And today we're continuing a series we've been going through uh, over the past few weeks called Unsubscribe. And in this series, we were talking about what it looks like to stay devoted and how to understand the biblical idea of devotion in a world that makes it really easy for us to hit the unsubscribe button. That in a world that makes it so easy to unsubscribe, we've instead encouraged you to not unsubscribe to the things that really matter. Because in our world and in our culture, things happen in our lives that can really make us want to quit or to give up too soon. A change of plans or a difficult situation or expectations not being met. And our culture not only makes it easy for us to unsubscribe, but it even actually encourages it. More and more, maybe you've experienced this, but more and more companies are making it easier to unsubscribe than ever. They're getting rid of their cancellation fees, or they're offering shorter contracts, and they're actually making it a selling feature that you can unsubscribe for just a short while, or you can subscribe to something, sorry, for just a short while, but then have as little commitment as possible. And I've, I've been reflecting on this over the past few weeks. I realized how much I'm shaped by this culture and how often I do this, how I'm in the habit of just expecting to unsubscribe from something. My wife and I actually just switched phone companies like three months ago. We were unhappy with the one before. We switched to this one three months ago and I swear if they mess up my phone bill one more time, I'm gonna switch again. I'm already ready. I don't know what it is about phone companies and phone bills, but it's, it's coming. Uh, but as we've been talking about how easy it is to unsubscribe in so many aspects of our lives, our hope and our prayer for you is that this series will actually help you really to pay attention to how we also can begin to do this in our spiritual lives as well. To pay attention to how easy it becomes to unsubscribe from being devoted in our spiritual lives. And we hope that this series helps you to see and explore how the Bible actually teaches what it means to be devoted and what it means to be com committed to the things that really matter. And to do that, we've been looking uh, at this passage or this moment that we've come back to in the book of Acts, where after the resurrection, Jesus' earliest disciples devoted themselves to particular things as they committed to growing as his church. And as if you missed the other messages uh, in the series, maybe you're here for the first time, you need a refresher, here's what it says uh, in Acts, near the beginning of Acts. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. 
These things that the, if you, as you look at these lists, these things that the disciples were devoted to were sort of anchor points for them as they navigated a lot of change that was happening. But there were also things that they were committed to and being devoted to growing in in order to grow into the kinds of people God was calling them to be as he was forming his church. They knew and they understood that growing in their spiritual, their spiritual lives actually required a special commitment to these things. And they understood devotion as something much more than just what was happening in their hearts or just having good intentions. For each of us, as you look at this verse, as you look at this passage, this has been a chance over the past few weeks for us to ask ourselves, which of these things maybe do I need to grow in? Which do I need to grow in my understanding of or to be committed to in a deeper way? And where in my spiritual life or which of these things have I begun maybe even to unsubscribe from? But I know that doing this kind of reflection actually really isn't easy for us and doesn't even come naturally to us in our culture. Our culture actually makes this even harder for us, I think, because not only do we live in a world where it's easy to unsubscribe, but we also live in a world where it's actually possible to stay, to stay subscribed to something without actually doing anything. It's so easy to stay subscribed, especially when it doesn't cost us anything, and to understand even devotion or a deeper devotion through that same lens. Uh, I don't know about you, maybe you have this, but on my, I use Gmail as my email provider. And on Gmail, there's this feature that I absolutely love called the promotions tab. Okay, I took a picture, I drew a little circle with an arrow. I saw Pastor Dom taking out a, a little phone and trying to doodle last week, and I didn't want to do that. So I wrote the arrow ahead of time so I wouldn't embarrass myself. It's still kind of an embarrassing arrow, but I tried hard. Uh, but I circled the circle test. So this is what it looks like when I open my Gmail, that I have this promotion tabs. And again, maybe you have this as well. But I love this feature because what it is is anything that I'm subscribed to, companies, stores, anything, that my subscriptions all go into this tab. And the beautiful thing about this tab is it means that I don't see those emails in my primary inbox. So right away, all those subscriptions go straight to the promotions tab, and I never even have to see them. I never have to look at them. But I realized maybe the downside of this, or one thing that this has shaped in me is that I don't even know what I'm subscribed to anymore. If it came into my inbox, I'd get that annoying thing, I'd see it, I'd scroll to the bottom and I'd hit the unsubscribe button. But because of this, I don't even have to look at it. So as I was thinking about this, I actually looked in that tab for the first time in a long time just to see what I was subscribed to. I'm subscribed to like a store, my sister recommended that I never actually shopped at, but I'm subscribed just in case. I want to find a good deal. Or I'm subscribed to like this guitar tabs site because, you know, I want to learn, if I want to learn a song or I want to learn ukulele, I have a ukulele at home, I'll go to that site and I'll learn, even though I never pick up my guitar, I never pick up the ukulele. Uh, but it's so easy to just have these things that I completely ignore. Um, and I realize there are so many things that I can say subscribe to, even with good intentions, but do nothing about and this is so easy, I think, for all of us to do in our spiritual lives as we think about what, how that translates. That not only is it easy or tempting to unsubscribe from things, as we've been talking about when things get hard, but it's easy to even see ourselves as committed or to vo devoted to something without ever actually taking a second to reflect if there are parts of my spiritual life that are being set aside or being ignored. Our culture makes it so easy for us to believe the lie that we can be devoted to something without ever having to do anything. That we can be committed even in our hearts and have good intentions while letting years pass us by and never actually growing. 
And before long, those things can get more and more ignored or even compartmentalized from other parts or other areas of our lives. They just go into a separate folder, and we only really open them when we need something. One of the ways, actually, at the 180, that we've tried to counter this tendency that's in all of us to do this, this temptation that we face, is to create moments to reflect and just to take stock of the things that we're committed to and to encourage one another to recommit to those things. One of the ways that we do this is if you're a ministry partner here, every year we ask you to recommit or, your, or renew your covenant or your commitment to continue as a ministry partner. And by doing this, we actually give you a chance to look over and to reflect on what that commitment involves before you then make an honest decision of whether or not you're going to renew, to consider your commitment to these same things that the disciples were committed to in the book of Acts, to take communion with us, or to commit to learning from the apostles' teaching and from the Bible, or to commit to helping us pass on the faith to the next generation, or even just to pray for the community and for the church. And we ask you to take this reflection time really seriously before you decide whether or not you're going to renew or to unsubscribe. And if you did this recently, you renewed your partnership, we want to just actually say a special thank you to you to remind you as well that you've received an email this past week with a special letter from Pastor Dom to say thank you, to encourage you, as well as just to remind you of some of the unique things that we're continued to commit to and to stay devoted to together as we continue to just learn to make room for others. But if you're here and you're listening and you don't know what that even means yet to be a ministry partner, or you're just not ready to take that step, we just want to say that's okay and we understand and we're so glad you're here and you're learning with us. But wherever you're at, our prayer as we go through this series is that it's a chance to just pause and to honestly reflect and pay attention to areas where you need to be either to recommit or to even consider maybe committing for the first time to what it means to grow in your devotion to some of these things. Uh, and I want to put that passage just back on the screen again from Acts, if you can put that back up. As you look at that, which of these do you maybe need to recommit to in this season? Or to commit to even for the first time, to grow in? And maybe as you think about that, which part of your spiritual life, has it grown easy maybe to ignore some of these things, to set them aside? As you look at this list, Pastor Dom, last week, uh, you'll remember, uh, talked about what it means to be committed to the apostles' teaching and what it means to how that, or what it looks like that that's connected to a certain kind of fellowship and growing in community. And next week, we're going to wrap up this series by talking about communion and what it means to, to do that together. But this week, I really want uh, to just talk about prayer. Prayer, I think, is one of those areas in our spiritual lives where it's so easy to treat it as something we just put away in a folder for most of our day-to-day -day lives and only take it out when we need it. It's easy to treat prayer as something we turn to only when we're desperate or to make some kind of deal with God without actually ever growing in our prayer. But in the book of Acts, Jesus' earliest disciples devoted themselves in a special way to prayer. Not just as something they were committed to doing regularly, but as something they were committed to actually growing in. As they learned new ways to pray and to be open to being shaped and formed by those prayers. And one of, if not the most important way that they were devoted to prayer and how they passed on this prayer to others through the apostles' teaching was to remember how Jesus had taught them to pray during his time with them in their ministry on earth. If you remember, uh, we said this last week, or Pastor Don mentioned this, that the book of Acts was really part two of a two-part book that, that um, the writer Luke wrote. And Luke first writes the Gospel of Luke, and then he'll continue with the story after Jesus' resurrection in the book of Acts. 
But in the Gospel of Luke, Luke records this moment where the disciples see Jesus praying. And here's what it says. Here's what happens. It says, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Really simple. But for Jesus' disciples, the idea actually of praying wasn't anything new to them. As part of the Jewish people and part of the Jewish traditions, they had been praying all their lives already. They knew uh, and were taught many different ways even to pray. But now, because of what Jesus was doing in their midst, that he was doing something different and changing even their understanding of their relationship with God, they were beginning to realize that something was important was changing because of his ministry, and they realized they even needed to change how to pray. And for us to be devoted to prayer isn't just to be committed to praying, but be to, be, to be devoted to actually growing in our prayers. Because I don't know if you've thought about this, but you don't actually have to be a Christian just to pray. Many or most other religions, and even people who call themselves atheists or agnostics, will even admit to just praying on occasion, just to see. And we celebrate, you know, if you're here and you're kind of exploring what prayer is all about, we celebrate God uses these, those moments even in those prayers to find us and to draw us to him. But to learn to pray as a follower of Jesus is to be devoted to prayer in a way that you're not only growing in your longing to pray, you're also letting Jesus shape the content of your prayers and learning to pray in new ways. As you think about this and this idea of prayer, how are you growing in your prayer? Are you open to even learning new ways to pray? Are you teachable in your prayers? Are you learning to pray in ways that even shape different areas or different circumstances of your life? And are there areas where your life, maybe you just feel discouraged or you feel ready to quit, and instead of just unsubscribing, you just need to recommit to pray and to trust God in a deeper way. As we go through this series and as we think about the beginning of how the church started, one of the connections that we want to help you make as we go through this series is to see that to be devoted to the things of God in our own spiritual lives is always connected to God's church and to growing in community. Dave said that so beautifully when he was up there. I don't know why he was apologizing so much, but he said it so beautifully just that when we worship together, there's something special about doing that together that encourages uh, each other, and we're, we really sense how God is, is working in that way. And that's true even as we think about prayer. Notice even just in that question, the disciple doesn't say just teach me to pray. He says teach us to pray. Jesus' disciples saw prayer not only as something to grow in as individuals, but something that they were devoted to growing in together. They understood prayer not just as something that's perf- personal and private and individual, that, that's also true, But they saw it as something that we grow in together, that our own prayers are even fueled and shaped as we learn to pray and listen to the prayers of others and vice versa, to be encouraged by their prayers, to help them even draw us or to remind us of who God is. And each of us can only grow so much in our prayer on our own without being connected to the church community and being shaped by those communal prayers and moments of praying together. Together, we ask Jesus, teach us to pray as we learn to grow in community as his people and to be formed according to his ways and to his purposes. And we see the church community and the apostles' teaching as an essential way that we grow in these prayers. 
This is such a strange idea to us, I think, in our modern culture, to pray this way or to think about prayer this way, especially when for us, prayer is seen as something where just anything goes. Nobody can tell me how to pray or what's in my heart, so I can pray however I want. Now, part of this is true, uh, but not so, so. it's not only hard to be open to being taught in our prayers, but especially when we consider even that part of that is including a kind of correction in our prayers. Uh, I don't know about you, but I don't like being corrected with anything, but I really like to correct other people. I'll correct them about facts or a memory that they had that I was there and, you know, you got that wrong. Or I'll correct people about their grammar. Uh, I hope you still like me after saying that. I'm really sorry. Pray for my family. They experience this every day. Uh, I don't like to be corrected, but I love to correct other people. And I think for most of us, really, we like the idea of being taught something new. That sounds really great. We like to think of ourselves even as teachable, but that's true unless it means that part of that teaching includes a kind of correction. As a pastor, I've been in so many spaces or moments where a group of playing, where, 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 where a people were just praying together, or we're praying for someone else, or we're praying for something else, and every once in a while, someone will just pray something and pray out loud for somebody that just sounds completely crazy, or that's actually counter to God's ways. And in that moment, you know, I'll just, I'll gently nod my head. I'll kind of, yeah, that's good. Or, you know, I'll try not to cringe notably or noticeably, you know. But, but really inside, I'm no longer praying what they're praying. Okay, don't judge me. You can send me, I'm not perfect. I'm not a, I'm not a perfect pastor. You can send me an email after. Or send one to Pastor Dom. That's even better. Uh, but let me just make it clear that we're never going to, I'm never going to be the kind of person, we're never going to be the church that uh, is going to be the kinds of people that are going to call you out on your prayers or actually correct you in those moments. And we also know that there actually is no perfect way to pray. We're all learning, and we're, the only way we really learn to pray is by praying. And especially if you are just here and you're just learning to pray, you need to know that God is so gracious with you in your prayers, that he always listens and he always meets us in those moments. But at the same time, he wants us to, to grow in our prayers, to actually realize we're being taught in our prayers. And to be devoted to growing in our prayer means learning to allow things like the apostles' teaching, allow things like the Bible and the teachings of the Bible and the prayers of our leaders and those who are maybe more just wise and mature that you look up to, that we would actually learn from them how to pray. We want to be a church where you're, wherever you're at in your journey of exploring Christianity or of following Jesus, that this is a safe place for you to pray and to begin to make sense of how God is speaking. And at the same time, we also want this to be a place where prayer is modeled and it's passed on in a healthy way that points to God's purposes and God's ways and that align with his purposes. We pay really careful attention to inviting you to special moments to how we're modeling prayer, inviting you to pray with us as we pray for our kids, as we pray for the next generation, just like we did earlier this morning. Or how we pray for relationships, really in God-honoring ways, as we think about joining in our EHR course. Or how we pray for God to use us and our resources to bless others and to reach those who feel far from Him. And we hope that as we commit to being devoted to pray together as a church, that even your prayers will begin to change that you'll have new prayers and even new questions for God, that you'll move, maybe as you think about praying for your own kids, that you'll move from just praying for protection for your kids to praying for a deep assurance as they go out into the world or to be with their friends or to be in school, a deep assurance and pray that they would be a witness of God's love to others. 
Or that you'll move from just praying to God only when it's clear and being excited only in those moments to realizing he's answering your prayers to, or to, in those times where it's clear maybe that he is answering your prayers to praying even those in, in those moments where it feels like God is absent. Or moving from praying only for your own family or your own friends or people you know to learning just to pray for people you would otherwise ignore. And this movement of our prayers and this idea of growing in prayer in ways that align more and more with God's purposes and God's ways is captured by this idea of the kingdom of God. As Jesus' disciples ask him to teach them to pray, he begins to teach them to pray for God's kingdom. Here's what he says in Luke's gospel. I'll on the screen. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed or holy be your name, your kingdom come. The writer of Matthew actually also includes this prayer as Jesus teaches his disciples, and he expands on this line a little bit more. He says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And if you were here that last week, you'll remember Pastor Dom uh, talked a little bit about this idea of the kingdom of heaven and how it's the reign of Jesus over everything around us. And that God's kingdom is something that Jesus taught is already here now, but at the same time, it's still spreading and working itself out in all its fullness in our world. And he said even just to, maybe a helpful image, just to help to kind of imagine this almost like a, a rock is being dropped into water and the ripple effect of that is how the kingdom is spreading. And so Jesus teaches us that in our prayers, we should pray for God's kingdom. That we should see this as a prayer even that capture, in a sense, captures all of our different kinds of prayers or that all of our other prayers are meant to fit into. As we pray for God's kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven, which means to pray for God's purposes and God's ways and his goodness to continue to spread in all its fullness here on earth and in our lives and in our situations just as it is in heaven. This is such an important prayer for us to understand and to be shaped by because it's so easy for actually us to get this backwards in our prayers, to get that line even backwards. You can go back to the previous slide just to have that scripture up. That it's so easy to get that line backwards on earth as it is in heaven. It's so easy to see heaven even only as a place we go to when we die instead of understanding that it's actually coming to earth and to look forward to the day when all of that will be realized in its fullness. Because this prayer isn't just about going to heaven one day. Because we can, and because we can so easily get this backwards or confused, prayer then can become just about escape. When heaven is just a place that we go to to escape the problems here on earth, our prayers can be, all become about escaping our situation instead of praying for God's kingdom to come to our situation. Prayer becomes just about looking or praying for a way out. And we can begin to see that through the lens even of the, the phrase like the grass is always greener. Maybe you use that or you experience that in your own life. We do this in so many areas of our life. We go, uh, we escape if we're in Montreal. We escape to go south in the winter as much as we can to get away from the cold. Or I hear this from people all the time who hear that I grew up in Montreal and then I went to Ontario and then I came back to Montreal. They always ask me, like, what are you thinking? Isn't Ontario so much better? And I always tell them, like, no. They have their own problems. Their government's not perfect. Like they, there's a lot of things that you, you should appreciate about being in Quebec and being in Montreal, especially that we don't have to cheer for the Leafs. Amen? Yeah. 
They're busy. Sorry if you're a Leaf fan and you're watching. We love you. They're actually celebrating for the first time in 20 years that the Leafs won the first round of the playoffs. Like, come on, count toi. It's not that big a deal. Go celebrate, but just stay away from us, okay? But we're so conditioned, I think, to always look for a way out that we even just go to escape rooms as a form of entertainment. We're always thinking about escape or even praying in this way. And when this happens in our prayers, if you only understand prayer this way, you will only ever pray in a crisis. Or you will only think God is answering your prayers when your whole situation completely changes. Or he pulls you out somehow. Instead of learning to trust what he's doing in the midst of that situation. That he actually wants to give you a special strength and help you recognize his provision in that situation. And I'm not saying that there aren't moments or situations where it's really important actually to get out and to pray for a way to get out or to get help, especially in a situation uh, where safety is at risk. But if this is the only way that we know how to pray in every situation, when that doesn't work or when your prayers aren't answered how you expect, that's when it's most attempting for us to unsubscribe in our prayers, to quit or to give up too soon and to wonder where God is or to assume he doesn't care about you or about your prayers. It's so easy then to try praying even just for a short season and then to give up or unsubscribe when you only see prayer as a way to escape. And what inevitably happens when we do this kind of prayer uh, that doesn't solve things for us is we stop trusting in God and instead we even try to find our own way out. We turn to other things and other ways of coping to help us maybe to escape even if that's just for a moment. But the prayer Jesus teaches us is not a prayer just to go to heaven but for heaven also to come to earth. It's to pray for God's kingdom, for his ways and for his purposes to come and to work themselves out in the midst of whatever difficulty or whatever messiness you're experiencing. To pray for God's kingdom is to pray for transformation and for restoration even when you don't have all the answers or even when you don't know how something will be fixed. This is such a difficult prayer for us. So often even in my own life, I'm faced, when I'm faced with moments or situations where I don't see clearly the way out or I don't know how to fix something, I, it doesn't seem like God's changing something how I want him to, I'm tempted to just unsubscribe from praying at all. But Jesus tells us to pray for God's kingdom. And as we learn to be devoted to praying for that, we learn to see and trust how it's coming to our situation, to experience God's healing and peace, even in the midst of real pain or difficulty. And as you learn this, or maybe even as you just try to pray this prayer for the first time, I want to give you just a simple way as you practice this week to pray this prayer. One is just to read, go to, go to this place in Luke or in Matthew in the Gospels, and just, just pray through it, and let God maybe bring to mind different situations or people as you pray. But another word is to actually, and you can go to the next slide, replace the word on earth with actually something specific in your life. We're called to pray this prayer in a general way, recognizing how God's kingdom is working itself out, but to also pray in specific instances in or ways in our lives. As you think about maybe this line, may your kingdom come in blank, as in heaven. As you think about your life and your own season that you're in and the unique struggles you're facing right now, what would you fit in that blank? Maybe it's maybe your, may your kingdom come in my marriage or in my workspace or may your kingdom come in my home or in my just daily routine, as it is in heaven. God, help me to see that. One of my prayers that I often pray 
as I think about the church, is God, may your kingdom come at the 180 as it is in heaven. And I do this as a way not only just of praying for our church, but also just to learn to surrender even my own agenda or my own ideas of what I think that should look like here to tr and to learn to trust God more and even to learn just then to pay attention to how God's kingdom is already working itself out in the spaces or in the people that I'm meeting and that I'm getting to know. But being devoted to prayer and praying for God's kingdom is more even than just praying and then sitting back and doing nothing. It means praying in a way that actually gives more clarity and moves to a place of deeper participation. And if you're taking notes, you can write this down. It's just a really good principle for prayer that praying for God's kingdom or prayer in general is always connected to participating in God's kingdom. Prayer is always connected to participating. And as Jesus' disciples learn to be devoted to prayer and to praying for God's kingdom, they begin to see that this prayer is not just a prayer for God's kingdom, but also a prayer to be shaped by God's kingdom. That as his church, God was making his kingdom visible in and through them and being birthed as the power of the Spirit was coming alive in them and transforming them. Uh, I don't know about you, maybe you knew this prayer already. I was actually introduced to, uh, to it at a very young age in my church experience growing up. And we're actually trying to teach the Lord's Prayer uh, to our children. And our youngest child, Rosie, who's six, uh, just started practicing reciting it. And she doesn't get all the words right. And one of the things she says right at the beginning is, uh, may your kingdom come, may my will be done on earth as in heaven. I have no idea where she got that from, if it's just a stumble with words. Or knowing her, she could be doing it on purpose. Uh, but I think about just as I was learning to pray, how we move from maybe just learning to understand that prayer, to praying that prayer, to living by that prayer. And I think about how so, for so much of my life, I learned that prayer, I knew what it meant, and I was comfortable, I thought it was a beautiful prayer. And I was comfortable praying, God, may your kingdom come, but only if it was by my will or my way. I wasn't, I wasn't willing, really, for so long to be shaped by that prayer. I'd pray, you know, God, change this situation or help me in this relationship, but God, don't make me be more patient or more kind to that person. Don't actually change something in me. I'm comfortable praying that prayer as long as it doesn't mean that you're doing something inside of me. And I think it's easy for maybe all of us to pray for others to change, but to ignore that prayer for ourselves. To pray that God's kingdom would work out in a ways that in a sense almost bypasses us and keeps us from having to change. But after Jesus teaches his, the disciples this prayer, a couple chapters later in Luke's gospel, he continues to teach them about the kingdom of God to help them understand. And at one point, he shares this simple parable or image of the way in which God's kingdom really grows and takes root. Here's what he says. It's just a short, simple kind of image or par parable. This is what it says. It says, he asked, what shall I compare the kingdom of God to? It is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. This image is such a beautiful image that a small amount of yeast can cause a huge amount of dough to rise. Uh, is such a beautiful image. But this image of God's kingdom growing from something maybe that's very small to something very big isn't the only thing that this image really is getting at. It's also an image of how this works out through transformation from the inside out. That one thing that's significant about the yeast is it wouldn't work if it was just put next to the other ingredients and allowed to cook. Or it wouldn't work if it was just lumped on top. It actually had to be worked in. As you learn to pray for God's kingdom to work itself out in and around us, 
you also have to pray to be ready to let it work itself in and through you. Because that's how God's kingdom always works. He chooses to let a people, uh, to let his, or chooses a people to let his purposes and his ways and his goodness be visible in and through them first by transforming them. This week I even thought about how easy it is for us maybe to pray in a way or to celebrate God's kingdom in a way that we're not willing to change or be transformed by that ourselves. And I thought about how this could even happen at, this one, at the 180 in this season that we can fall into this trap. That it's possible maybe to pray and to celebrate the growth that's happening, new people that are coming, but at the same time be closed off to how God is moving us to participate. It's easy to complain about giving up my seat or having to come early or welcoming someone new that I don't really like or don't want to speak to or about the extra sacrifice and burden involved in serving. But Jesus says if you want a taste of the goodness of God's kingdom for others and for yourself, you need to pray and learn to pray in a way that you're also open and you invite God to work that out first in you. And then trust that God will do something that's much bigger than anything that you could do on your own strength. One of the things that makes this so hard and uh, the wisdom even of this image is that this is the kind of transformation that at first actually isn't always visible. It's the kind of transformation that begins within and often begins in a really kind of quiet way. Just being devoted to prayer often doesn't even go noticed by those around you. And that's when it can be so tempting even to unsubscribe. When you pray and you feel like nothing is happening. But as you learn to stay devoted and to not quit and to pray for God's kingdom, it begins to grow. And you and others begin to taste of God's goodness and his provision and his peace. Prayer always moves us to participation. Sometimes we don't know what that participation looks like. And actually, sometimes it means that we do less instead of doing more. That participation means that we learn to just listen better or to be quiet or to be still. But it always moves to participation. But it's so easy, I think, to pray for God's kingdom to come and to even celebrate how God, he's at work around you, but not pay attention even to how you might be getting in the way of that very prayer. Because when we pray for God's kingdom without transformation, those prayers can quickly become praying for God's kingdom my way instead of God's way. To pray in a way that leads maybe to manipulation or anger or trying to take a shortcut. But when we pray for God's kingdom, Jesus teaches us also to surrender to God's ways, to God's will over our own, to pray for God's on, kingdom on his conditions and not on ours. And we even be, can miss how God's at work in a situation when we're not letting him change us first. We miss how God's kingdom is already coming. As we begin to just wrap up this morning, I'm going to invite the, the team to come and lead us in a closing song. As you just think about your own prayers, are you inviting God to work his kingdom out in and through you? As you think of even just different areas or different relationships in your life, and are you doing anything that's actually getting in the way of God's kingdom working itself out? As you think about that, what would it even look like in this season to recommit or to be devoted to praying in new ways, not only to pray for God's kingdom, but to let those prayers shape than how you're participating in God's kingdom. We need to do this to be the church. We need to be this kind of church together. Our world needs us to be formed and be devoted to this kind of prayer, to be those who are committed to, let, to pray for God's kingdom in a way that lets his goodness and his purposes be made visible in and through us for others. 
that others would be drawn to know him as the God who is making all things new, who is restoring things around us as he restores and heals and redeems our world. May that start in us first. This is what the disciples in Acts understood as they learned to be devoted to this kind of prayer after the resurrection, recognizing that God, Jesus was doing something new. They prayed with a deep trust in the God who was restoring all things. And then they learned to participate, to respond to what he was doing first by participating in his kingdom. As we wrap up, uh, I want us to just take a moment to sing the song, In the Name of Jesus. Just as a reminder that when we pray for God's kingdom, we pray for the kingdom that's shaped by Jesus. That it's the kind of kingdom that only he is ushering in because of what he has done through his death and resurrection. That as we pray and we pray for God's kingdom, that we would even trust that God, Jesus would do something new in us that only he can do because of the kind of power and healing and restoration that he has for us. So I'm just going to invite the, the team to, to lead us in this song, and then I'll come up in prayer. But again, as you just sing these words, would you think about what it means that as we pray for the kingdom, that this is who you're praying to? Sing together. Our God is strong in battle. Our God can never fail Through Him all chains are broken In Him the sick are healed In the name of Jesus Giants are defeated Every single man
as a way of just responding together what, to what God's doing. I just want to invite you, if you're comfortable, to just open up your hands. Just as kind of a physical act or a symbol of just being open to what God is doing. One of the most important things to understand about prayer is that our prayer is always, always a response to what God is already doing. Let's just take a moment to pray together and to be devoted to how Jesus taught us to pray. God, we thank you that you taught us to call you Father because you come to us as a loving Father and that is how you love us. Give us a taste of what that means beyond just whatever experience even we, we have what that, that word means. God, thank you that you are set apart, that you are holy, that you are like no other. We pray for your kingdom to come and your will to be done, your ways and purposes to be done on earth as it is in heaven. At the 180 in Montreal and Quebec, on earth as it is in heaven. God, we recognize even as we pray that prayer for your kingdom, that we choose your kingdom over anything else that competes for our attention. Other ways that model different kinds of power or other things that tempt us to just look for a way out or an easy solution. God, we ask for your kingdom and your kingdom only. Shape us to be the people who even trust and how your kingdom is already here and how it's growing in and through and around us. God, we just pray for those who are here and who just think of just a difficult or messy situation in their own lives. God, would they get a growing taste of how you are restoring and healing? And would you help them to just be, respond, to open their hearts to what you're doing? God, as a church, help us to grow in this together, to model this for one another, to encourage one another, to just invite people to pray with us when they're feeling discouraged, when they're forgetting maybe who you are and what you're all about. Help us to model this together. Would we just be even a safe place for new people to explore what it means to pray to you and to be open to what you're doing? God, we want your kingdom to be made visible around us, and we want you to do it through us as well. So just help us to surrender to what you're doing. Form us in new ways for your purposes and for your glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, everyone. So good to be with you. Before you go, uh, Jasmine mentioned at the beginning, but we do have a team that would love to pray with you if you want to take a second to just respond in prayer. Uh, but otherwise, just, again, check our website for some of the things happening this week. Good to see you. Have a great week. We'll see you next week.